Have you ever found yourself in an absolute crisis where your fears and your anxiety tell you that, that things are just going to become so horrible that life just won't be able to continue? And then your worst fear comes to life. In this episode, I've, called, I've entitled it, A Hopeless Crisis. And that's what we find in Mark chapter 5. It's really, we're in a crisis moment for the people in this story. Let me just read it. Mark chapter 5 in verse 21 says this, And Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side. A great crowd gathered him. And he was by the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And so he went with him. A great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better, but actually grew worse. She had heard the reports that Jesus had came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if I even touch his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and you, you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what happened to her, came with fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw the commotion, people weeping and wailing loud. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them outside and took the child's father, mother, and those who were with them and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talith. The, uh, kume, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and immediately overcome with amazement. 
and he strictly charged them that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. And so we see in this story that there's this one character, this one person, a ruler of a synagogue, which would essentially be a, a, a building manager. Uh, uh, and he had some status, obviously. And yet, what does he do? He falls to the ground. He falls at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because he is in a crisis moment. It says in our English translations that this her, his daughter was at the point of death. In the original, it literally means that she is, is on her last leg. She's about to die. This isn't just urgent care. She is at death's door. It's not a matter of, of if or, or even uh, it's a matter of when. It's a matter of moments before she will pass away. And so Jesus, in a hurry, goes with this man. But as he's going and as the crowd is following him, there's another crisis, a story within the story of a woman who for 12 years had unceasing hemorrhage. We no doubt this would be for 12 years very difficult and awkward and and full of pain. But there's more in Leviticus chapter 15 in God's law, it was declared that that a woman like this would be unclean. She was unable to marry. She was unable to worship with God's people. No one could ever touch her lest they be defiled. So socially, spiritually, and physically, this woman is isolated and condemned. Not only that, but she spent all her money, everything that she had, she spent on doctors. And Mark carefully says that it's not just that they didn't make her better, but it actually made her worse. So this woman, desperate, goes and she breaks the law and actually goes and touches the Lord Jesus, his garment his hem of his clothing, and instantly she is healed. And Jesus goes and questions. The disciples are like, you're never going to know who it is. And yet he reveals to her that her faith, not her touch, not her, her whatever, but it was her faith that made her whole. And then he says, go in peace so restless, such a crisis, and yet now she has peace. Notice what the text says. As he is speaking to her, there's reports coming about this girl who's, who's on her deathbed moments away from dying, and they said, she's already dead. Don't even bother the teacher. You see, the problem with them is they thought there was a limit to, God, to God's power to the very Son of God's power. But Jesus says to this ruler, don't fear, but believe. The very Son of God is able to make this woman, 
this girl well. Now he gets to the house and, and it was custom that, that there would actually be professional mourners that would come. Um, even, even if you were a peasant, you're poor of the poor, you'd at least have someone who played the flute and someone who would mourn. And they were these professional people. And so it seems like there was this massive crowd and they're mourning and they're very loud and they're yelling and perhaps dancing. Jesus says, stop the commotion. This child is not dead, but she is sleeping. And they laugh. They turn from mourning to laughing, ridiculing the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what the text says. Jesus takes her by the hand. You see, this is very significant. Within minutes, this is the second time the Lord Jesus, if he was just a mere man, would have been defiled, touched by an unclean woman, and then touched by the dead. Then Jesus speaks. Just as God spoke and the creation was um, put into existence, just as Jesus would speak and Lazarus would be made alive again, so Jesus speaks and this girl rises from the dead. Notice what Jesus says. He says, now I want you to get her something to eat. You see, liberal scholars will say, well, this is just an inspiration, inspirational story. Really, it must have been someone else or a ghost or something like that. But he makes it very, uh, very plain that this girl must eat. She's resurrected from the dead. She's experienced the power of Jesus. But he says, don't go telling everyone about this because they're not going to understand it. You see, a lot of people don't understand. Jesus has the power to do absolutely everything. We started by saying that you may be in a crisis moment, even with these lockdowns. Perhaps you're feeling weighed down. You feel like there's so many obstacles in your life. I want to remind you of this beautiful truth. God knows no obstacle, absolutely none. However, he uses difficult times in our lives and chaos in our lives to reveal the chaos in our hearts and even the chaos in others' hearts as we share the gospel with them. God is trying to teach us something in our crisis moments that God has the power to change our lives. In this little missions trip, the disciples, what have they seen? They've seen that Jesus has the power to cause um, the storm to be peaceful. Darkness dispelled. A woman in distress sent, uh, having peace. And now the dead raised. There is no obstacle for God himself. Notice that Jesus takes his three disciples and the girl's parents to see this miracle. And God wants us to do the same, doesn't he? He wants us to experience the power of Jesus in our hearts as he takes us from sin-addicted people to, to enjoying the grace of God and transforming us, not just individually, but in our families, in our churches, 
And we pray in our communities as we declare and demonstrate the good news of Jesus, not just in our families, in our churches, but in our community. Jesus is on his throne. He's ruling and reigning and he desires to partner with you to show his power to you and your community. God bless your week.